It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number five, Spearhead from Space. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? All right, we are here with the old Doctor Who show. This is now episode number five. It's hard to believe that we've made it this far. I feel like quitting, so this is the last episode of the uh, old Doctor Who show. Nope, we are on no. a roll. Thank you, everyone, for listening, all of one of you. I don't feel like quitting. I don't feel like quitting, yeah. <laughs> um, so, how was your three weeks? Oh, uh, that's your host, Eric. And, oh, uh, right, I'm sorry. I am this your, is your host, Dan. Eric, and that's Dan, and we figured it out. Yep. I got nothing to say, and usually we like to talk about something. Yeah, on, on the all the previous I, four episodes. Right. The only thing I got going on is I got myself a sparkling water, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to talk about some uh, spearheads. Hey, guys, just so you can tell us apart, um, I'm drinking still water. That's how you can still know who's runs hip. deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right. So, so I have no, no fights on planes. No nope. weed in Colorado. <laughs> not, not yet. Nope. Should we just let's just jump into spirit? Let's jump into the space? Let's yep. do it. You don't know what's going to happen. That's what's so exciting about this show. I am Because I know excited. people are waiting, you know, that aren't already fast-forwarding over this part. All right, let's do it. Here comes the clip. Do you realize that in our section of the galaxy, there are over 500 planets capable of supporting life? Why is Earth any more likely to be attacked now than during the last 50,000 years? In the last decade, we've been sending probes deeper and deeper into space. We've drawn attention to ourselves, Miss Shaw. Aren't you being a bit alarmist? Since UNIT was formed, there have been two attempts to invade this planet. Really? We were lucky enough to be able to stop them. There was a policy decision not to inform the public. Do you seriously expect me to believe that? It's not my habit to tell lies, Miss Shaw. I'm sorry, but it is a fantastic story. We were very lucky on both occasions. We had help from a scientist, the great experience of other life forms. Really? Who was this genius? Well, it's all rather difficult to explain. We used to call him the Doctor. All right, so this is Spearhead from Space, 1970. This is the first story of season seven, Dan. Yes, sir. Written, written by Robert Holmes, directed by Derek Martinez. Martinez. Uh, it's the first color uh, show, by the way. Yes, it is. And also shot entirely in film, which I thought was interesting. Did you see why that was? Yeah. Yeah, there was a strike, strike, a union strike. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's two different unions for the the film people and the video people. And the video people were on strike, whereas the film people weren't. Which and means guess, this one has a higher quality and is available on Blu-ray. Which yeah, is you can get cool. it on Blu-ray. But then I had heard or read, because I, I haven't seen the Blu-ray of this, but I guess whatever they shot it with film, it was like... You know, it was 16 millimeter or something mm-hmm. that, yep. so like the transfer is not what, it's not going to be like, whoa, like you see with like Star Trek or whatever. Right. You know, because on Netflix, is it, did you watch it on Netflix? I watched it on Hulu Plus. Is it in HD? Everything. 
it, it is tell you like not the... it, well no i mean it's it's in four by three i don't know what the bit rate was it doesn't tell you yeah because I, I bought it a but while it ago on itunes and it didn't say hd so i'm i have not seen the blu-ray maybe the blu-ray looks amazing but i did read some review and the person was like you know it's don't get your hopes up well, I mean, it, it does, looks good. It looks. I was just going to say, yeah. it's a really nice looking episode. I mean, not just because it's the first color episode, which means it solves a lot of the uh, the problems of the black and white, where shadows are really difficult and they have to light it really strangely to try to get everything to kind of look natural mm-hmm. and it never quite does. This one actually looks pretty good the whole way yeah. through. Um, so just a quick, uh, quick, quip, quip, <laughs> just a quick quip. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the after dark episode. After regenerating at the end of the War Games, the Doctor and the TARDIS, they crash on Earth, where he's found by Unit. And meanwhile, Unit is investigating a series of strange meteorites, Dan, that Mm -hmm. have fallen nearby. So, the Doctor, having been stuck here, unable to leave, agrees to help Unit investigate this strange phenomenon and the plastic doll factory that seems Mm -hmm. to be connected to it. That's basically the story. Yep. We've got, uh, as we said, it's the first third Doctor story, so this first John Pert we were going to get. Yep. Uh, Liz Shaw is also new. This is her first. She um, becomes a Doctor's companion at the end of this one. Yeah. We got the Brigadier. Liz, playing Liz the Scientist. Yep. Yeah, we got the Brigadier. Uh, Who we've has got... been in previous episodes, so you, this is not yeah. the first appearance of Unit, and also not his first appearance. Yeah, I think he's been in a couple before. Yep. One with the Cybermen, and I forget what the other the other one was. So yeah, yeah, so he had known you know the previous incarnation of the Doctor, the Pertwee Doctor. Yep. Yes. I mean um, the, Trotten, the Trotten Doctor. Yep. Yeah, we've got we've got a bunch of other weirdos, a lot of weirdos in this episode. So, what did you think overall? Well, of this over, thing? overall, I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, it's an episode in four parts, and all of them were pretty much equally strong. Um, the first one was much more interesting because. Uh, we're seeing the third doctor for the first time. Everyone's seeing the first doctor for the first time, third doctor for the first time. And, uh, but we see him like, uh, we only see his face at the very beginning when he's falling out of the TARDIS. Like the TARDIS lands after these meteors are falling, it lands in the middle of a forest. Uh, the, the police box door opens, the doctor falls out unconscious on the ground. You don't really see his face. And it, it seems like for the first half of the first episode, people were standing in front of his face. Like they were trying to wait for the reveal right. of what it looked like, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and um, you had said that you saw the War Games, right? So did, no, 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 no. I actually, I actually saw this one. I saw this one uh, okay, so a you, long time ago before we so decided. You did not so look was, up the War Games after watching this because I'm just no, curious read, if you see his face in that transformation. No, I read through. I read through uh, kind of synopsis of the War Games. It is a really long ten part episode. Uh, it is definitely one I think I want to go back and watch just because it has it explains what he's doing on Earth. So I mean, they don't really talk about it much here, but. Right. So he, uh, he previous, got into some kind of trouble with the Time Lords. He got in trouble with the Time Lords and the Celestial Intelligence Agency, the CIA, nice. <laughs> which okay. is for, for crazy. <laughs> uh, he got in trouble with them for breaking their uh, code of non-interference. Doesn't sound like Star Trek took this from them at all, or vice versa. Um, and he's sentenced to two things: uh, one, exile on Earth in the late twentieth century, or in the twentieth century, and also forced to regenerate. So that's why he's there. And he's not allowed – he's not able to leave. They actually – I don't know if they break the TARDIS or disable it, but they also take away bits of his memory. He can't remember the dematerialization codes. He can't remember how to fix oh, the TARDIS so exactly. Oh, so is that from the Time Lords? I assume that was just 
from regenerating. That he, which is what I thought as well, because the yeah. the doctor's always a little bit out of it for a while at the beginning. No, it actually seems like from what I was reading, and I don't know this is okay. for, but this is based on um, uh, not just the TV episodes, but some stories and radio. Uh, shows right. so like the big finish stuff or whatever yeah yeah so it seems like he actually can't remember a lot of the song so there's a chunk in there when he's talking to the brigadier and he mentions something about an alien race and surprised that he actually remembers that so he has this spotty memory of uh time travel but anyway so yeah, yeah it it is like it's got such a cool look and i think just overall before we get into the details like it balances yeah. sort of like this gravitas spy sort of cool thing with humor like mm -hmm. it's also it's one of the creepiest episodes like those the autons which are these plastic uh dummies that are brought to life by this nestine intelligence are very like creepy and cool yeah. and weird and just even the shots of like the babies but it's also got some of the funniest oh, yeah. moments like where, he, where you know at one point the doctor hides by taking a shower and scrubbing oh, man. Her, the uh, best <laughs> that is like one of the best moments because the two dude, the two guys are coming in, so he's got to figure out a way to hide. So he takes all of his, well, why not take all of his clothes off and shower in whatever room that is, just well, like some room with this is. open shower where there's Big no, shower. there's no curtains at all in this whole hospital, but they've yeah. got the shower like on display, and it's in like a weird cage, like you, you would like uh, bathe a horse. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was definitely for livestock. He's definitely bathing in a livestock. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but, but yeah, that, but the episode. Yeah, as long as he like, lathers up just enough, they're not going to notice who he is. Oh, and you also get a, a shot of uh, Pertwee's tattoo on his forearm. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, he has a tattoo uh, made of a snake, but it's in the shape of a question mark. But it is actually his tattoo. It has nothing to do with the show. It's just, I think, a great weird coincidence. But oh, that's cool. Look for a still of it. Maybe we'll put it. I into, will have to go back. We'll 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 throw some video into our audio show. Yeah, and we also have in the very beginning. So. We're not, we don't have to do a play-by-play. -play, I mean, yeah, by he, the way, he, by the way. He crash so, lands, but that old dude is also awesome who sells weird meat. Like, the guy that just kills rodents and then takes uh, them out of his sack and tries to sell. Like, so he, he uncovers the these, these yeah. meteorites. Yeah. That land. So the cast of characters in this What I love about that poster is, is he, has, he has a really touching relationship with his wife. It's just really <laughs> right. tender. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that definitely that old, you know, uh, Andy Cap type. It's definitely Andy yeah. Cap. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. One, one of them or both of them are beating the shit out of each other. Oh, there's, yeah, there's violence. Ha there's lots of, yeah, this thing ends in murder that they cut, unfortunately. Um, um, oh, and then Liz Shaw's in intro she's was great. awesome because she's coming her. in a car and the music is playing and yep. the camera's in the car and it yep. looks like softcore porn. Mm -hmm. From like HBO shows, like it was like Lady Chatterley. Do you remember the period in the '80s when it was like some foreign movie where yeah. a, a young woman is on her erotic? You're gonna journey? see, you're gonna see a boob and a hairy <laughs> armpit. It's right. gonna be and you're gonna wait in two hours to watch it, and it's not going to be worth it. It's gonna be weird. It should make you feel. What weird. else do you have to do? You're 14, yeah. Yeah. So I love that whole but her, opening. But yeah, her introduction. But then her whole uh, so. Leftwich Stewart, Brigadier Leftwich Stewart, uh, head of unit, is bringing her in as a, uh, to interview her to be like a science advisor, but she does not believe anything he's talking about. No, which she, so she, which is great. She's great. So her 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 sense of sarcasm and humor is really good. I love the Brigadier. I think he's terrific. He's yeah. got this. Um, he's got this look, and and I guess upper class British accent. I, every time I look at him and the way he was speaking, I thought it was Graham Chapman from Monty Python 
uh, doing a kind of bit uh, based on. He always did like these um, uh, that type of character on Monty Python. Right. And he has the same sort of look and it's just like I can't yeah. take him seriously. He's, he's also he's kind really of like good. Peter Sellers in Doctor Strangelove as yeah, well. Definitely, like that, definitely. that whole uh, his delivery of lines and stuff. But yeah, he's great and Liz is so far is an amazing companion, like you're saying, like mm-hmm. she does not taking any nonsense. She's very intelligent. She's she's much more on par with the doctor as an equal <clears throat> than I think we've seen Maybe ever really yeah. throughout well, this at, at, for like the intro to a companion. It, she, you know, well, almost instantly. Very impressive. Whenever yeah. the whenever the doctor, I guess it's maybe in the second episode or end of the first, uh, the brigadier he he arrives and it, at unit um, brigadier brings him in and introduces him to Liz and they are immediately best friends. Like yes, they, they are have good right next to each other, time. like just like almost giggling. It was it was right. really like an instant chemistry. Yeah, because he does that funny bit with his eye, like he's doing all this acting. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of eyeball acting too. Like yes. he's doing the the eyebrow communication, which is a funny bit. But then there's the other guy. Uh, I think it's Channing, right? His name is yeah. Channing, who is the runs you know, the plastic he's contro- factory. He's, he's either a part of the nesting intelligence, or he's being controlled by them. And he's running. He's really calling the shots, and he's controlling yep. the autons, and he's putting you know. And I should say these meteorites are pieces of a greater intelligence they're trying to assemble and build a body for. So that's sort right. of what he's got going on. But he does a lot of acting only with opening one or two eyes. Like he's like yeah, almost yeah. entirely in his eye area for all his creepy weird stares and he's he was great. Yeah, he was keeping very plastic face except for yeah. the big eyeballs at different sizes. Um yeah, so there's the whole thing going on with this plastics factory because it's the only place I guess in the universe that makes plastic. So that's what the nesting consciousness needs. So okay. We have this nesting consciousness that's coming to Earth that wants to invade. It's trying to find uh, suitable material because they're just a consciousness, so they need an outer body, so they're going to use plastic. And they have these autons, which are made of plastic they can control, but uh, they don't really have their own form. This is is all very familiar to anyone who watches the current incarnation of Doctor Who. It is the yeah, it is the absolutely the same same premise uh, and setup of the first episode yeah, of 2005 Rose uh, Russell T Davies so the doctor there is also fighting the autons the exact same shots happen where the the autons are mannequin dummies in the windows and they all break through th- uh, through and start killing people and whatnot it was really interesting to see like, I don't know how do you feel about that it was it was Davies doing an homage and and bring us back in, but but why this one to use as an homage? Is it really that well known an episode that it? Well, I think. It? Well, I mean, this yeah, this is the first color episode. Mm-hmm. So and this one too really ushered in a new era of. I feel like it feels much different than everything that came before. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, a great way of introducing it, and I felt like Rose was also that same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to start with. The Daleks or the Cybermen or whatever. And plus, they're super creepy. Yeah. They're everywhere. Like, we have them, you know, you know, people have thought about mannequins as being sort of creatures you're afraid of. They're down the street. They're in the windows. So it's sort of a nice melding of the commonplace things that we know and see in our world, mixing them with things that are from beyond. Yeah, no, I... I, So it's like... 
I'm not I definitely arguing like with the idea, great... but like, yeah. just it was just strange that this is the one of all of uh, up to that point, whatever it was, forty years of Doctor Who, that this was the one that he would riff off. Riff, Maybe riff was, not rip, yeah. but riff off in, right. in, order, in order to make this. Um, except in this case, <clears throat> all the mannequins are horrifying looking. <laughs> just they're yeah. supposed to be normal yeah. mannequins in the windows, and I guess that town is populated with burn victims. Because they right. just, that's what they all look like. They're, it's just and they all look terrible. Because it's the only one factory that make. Not only does the, ma- the factory make baby girl dolls, uh-huh. uh huh. It also makes uh, things for Madame uh, Madame Tussauds, like like uh, waxworks. So they have the technology well, to make it look like a human, right? They can clearly do yeah. this, but they're like, no, we're gonna you know we're do these, these weird <laughs> these Michael Myers burn victim <laughs> yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah it's just like some weird. Wow. And they all have like these like LL Bean like whatever, jumpers, like, yeah, <laughs> jumpers. It's just very much like they should all form a new wave band. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's just very. I don't know. It's awesome though. No, it is. It's great. Um, but yeah, they, so they the I, so they have the ability to make autons, but also autons. They're complete duplicates of other people and they choose yeah. so they're going to do this thing from Madame Tussauds and it's not wax they're doing plastic it's a brand new process that's exclusive for them um I was a little confused because uh at the end of one of the episodes um this uh general in the army who's kind of working with unit and sort of overseeing unit a bit he's working with Leftwich. um they make a duplicate of him and right. that duplicate arrives on his doorstep. The only way you can tell the difference between them is one is really sweaty looking. The sweaty, I was going to say, the sweaty brow is the first well, giveaway. Yeah, but it's it's like even more than regular 70s sweaty, where everyone in the 70s was just super moist all the time and greasy. Yeah, it's a new patent of technology. Yeah, so there was, there was that. But So who was in the Madame Tussauds exhibit? That was the real, real one. general. But how did they... But everyone else there... Were autons, yeah. right? I, no, no, no. Wait, yes, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry, sorry. They were. They were. But when I was watching it, I thought, oh, they're all humans, and they've replaced the humans with autons. Like yes. All these. Yep. You know, because they they make a point of saying like they're only politicians or people of power or right. people in different offices. Yep. But while they're in there, the doctor's like, oh, no, these are all autons except for him because he has the watch. Right. It it it's sort of but a why? little. Why did they – why was he there? <laughs> I, I think that the doctor's wrong. To... I think they are all humans in that place because that makes sense for their plot, right? I, like not... when were they going to do the switch? I, yeah, I guess. I Yes, that would be the only thing that makes sense, but that's not what they, happened. Don't they come alive at one point and start walking out? Yeah, that's when they when they come in. Um, do, you, do you never see the general again, right? No, you do. You see him kind of standing there by himself – after everyone else is like, left waking up, <laughs> but but that's it, right? But why? You... What sort? Of, so he was under mental control. I'm assuming it must have been the same mental control that what was the yeah they have on Hibbert. Yes, Hibbert. that he's he yeah. has over Hibbert. Um, so you can exert this kind of telepathic control over them. They use that just to stun him and keep him. St- I don't, it doesn't. Yeah, whatever. There, there is... It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Right. Like on its surface, I was like, okay, they're switching out right. people with robots, and we've seen makes that. And it makes sense. Sure. But there is like that. That why? That why put him of. there? There's a lot of unclear things too. Like with the they make the electric shock machine. Yes. Because they make a they make a uh, the doctor makes a comment when he's working with Liz mm-hmm. 
uh, with one of the meteorites or the thunderbolts. Yes. That, or the thunderballs. Yeah, whatever. Thunderballs. That if they can find the right frequency, mm-hmm. they can communicate with this thing. Right. I guess they say something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then that becomes him sort of making a thing that destroys them? Yeah, if he found the right frequency, I guess if he just amplified it. He made an analogy to something. He's, he said it was similar to. Uh, well, they said like a sh- uh, EC, like an electric yes. shock. Yes, uh, like an electric shock, but, that, just like but much more louder. powerful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, like when, because they do a thing <clears> where <throat> she hooks the machine up and she's, he's like, put it on 50, you are, whatever he yep. says. And it blow the machine blows up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, the machine can't handle it. But I guess that was showing how it was going to blow up if they hit that. You know, that was the clue. Okay, this is going to blow up and therefore they'll blow up. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe. Maybe. You would think, like, the, the meteorite would have blown up. And then they would have been like, yes, okay, that's that'll how we do it. But it was the machine. It was just the machine. <laughs> yeah. The doctor just figured well, it out. Well, there's a lot of things that I don't quite no. understand. Like, they're building an octopus, but... Wait, no, is, okay, okay. So Like, who is... So their their idea was to come to Earth because they are they are just a consciousness of no bodies. So they need to find a place where they can make the perfect bodies. And uh, what was the guy's name? Sorry, the guy that was uh, they the, had like an affinity to plastics. Or yes, something yeah, yeah. Too. Like that was. But like, the guy that was kind of taking over the the plastics factory. What was his name? That all right. Was so there's control. Hibbert who right. runs the flag. That's the regular, regular guy, guy who's being mind control. Uh-huh. Then Channing. Channing is the guy that's that's the creepy dude that's running with the his eye movements. Yeah. He poses a reporter at one point. Too, which yes. Is great. And there were so many great shots of him just like staring through glass and. Oh, but, that was actually but, a really great shot. That it was had no point. It was really creepy. Yes. They just come cool. in. Brigadier comes in with Liz and the doctor into this plastic factory. They're going to go into the main office area. And the brigadier turns around and one foot behind him <laughs> is a door with beveled glass with Hibbert standing behind it, staring at it. His nose is practically touching the glass and he slowly backs away. Yeah, and you see so like creepy. the mirror reflection of him. It's It made no sense. And the brigadier's just like, huh, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but then later the brigadier's like, yeah, I recognize that guy because he posed as a reporter and that's how I know he's bad. Not that he was looking like a weirdo <laughs> creepo, like three, like that should have been, whether or not you saw him doesn't matter. The guy's just like stuck, his face stuck with the glass. But anyway, you were, you were going to say something oh, specifically okay. about him, right? Well, so there's, 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 uh, Channing's kind of running this whole thing and he says something about how, uh, they, they're trying to make bodies, but then the doctor's looking at this huge machine that's in this main office that has this like pulsating sort of brain looking thing. Although to me, it looked yeah. like a pulsating plastic anus. It did. It, I was going to, that was in my notes. Yeah, it's a plastic anus. <laughs> um, but he says that they're making a, he's making a body that's perfectly adapted to life on earth. He says something like it. Channing says, oh, like, he does? yeah, that, that, that's what they're making is this thing that's perfectly suited to live on earth to be able to conquer the planet. And that ends up being a giant squid monster? Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that line, but I did. That under, was. You know, he, he, they, the Earth domination was the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This creature was going to to do it. But I don't understand. One thing I also didn't no understand was, was Channing. He was an Auton? Yes. Well, I. There's the point that they're they're all because he can, all he shared, can control yeah, them, but they're all right. a shared consciousness. Yes, so there's not any individual that he says that as well. Okay, right. so, so the so autons the, are the, the autons same. Are just they're vehicles. all the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're all run by the same. Yeah, even though he seems to be in charge, he's like the master. Right. And you also get you know they mentioned you know there's five meteors or mm-hmm. something that they're going after, but these things have been happening for a while, and I think he said like 500, right? Or he said some high number that have, that have happened previously. Previously, because even Leftwich so says this, that this, this has thing happened has been before. Building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, there's also, we didn't mention the guy Ransom. Oh, I was just looking at that. Yes, Ransom. Yeah, he's just like, I mean, there's not much to say about him. He He's just sort of the guy that uncovers... Yeah, he was a workplace at the wrong time. He was a worker at the factory. He was off on business for a few months, uh, trying to expand the business. He comes back and he's found out that he's fired. Everyone in the place has been fired, basically in his in his lab and that that area. When this new Channing comes in, but so he sneaks in, uh, climbs over some barbar, gets in there, has has an encounter with an Auton. The Auton actually does the hand thing that we see later in uh, current Doctor Who, uh, like Rory has the hand drops down and there's a gun underneath it. Yes. It's kind of cool. So he freaks out, gets away. Uh, when they finally find Ransom, uh, he comes running through the forest, happens to run into some unit soldiers and collapses. There's a great scene where he is just a gibbering mess trying to explain what had happened. And they try to give him some water, and he just doesn't even hold it. His mouth just dribbles all over his face. Yeah, it's coming out but of his mouth. But it's a solid, like, 45 seconds of just a tight shot on his face, just yeah. freaking out. And it was, there it was are, delightful. It was really yeah, There cool. are really cool uh, transitions and, and shots like that, like extreme close-ups. Like, at one point, they mentioned something, like, you know, about the Autons, and they do, like, a hard cut to a very close-up of a doll's face. Yes. Do you remember this? Yeah. And then it pulls back super fast. So it's yep. like this, you know, within two seconds, they back out, and then you're talking to uh, to Hibbert. There's lots of, so like, really... Those moments, like, the in, in the doll factory, where they're, where they're assembling the dolls, it's just this shot for 30 seconds of them manufacturing these yeah. baby dolls. Yes. But it's super creepy and industrial. Like... Yes. This is not – it's like a horrifying machine. I was watching that, and my wife just caught that scene. She's like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you, what are you watching? It's just like, oh, it's Doctor Who. It it's the like scariest kind of episode of How It's child Made. Mer- yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but we didn't talk about w- one of my favorite bits uh-huh. uh, was the wheelchair chase. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, like, all the way back – I think it's at the – so it's in the first episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, so it's in the first episode. So the doctor is crash lands, doesn't really know who he is. Yeah. The 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 unit takes him. They can't understand him. He's he's not making sense uh, biologically. Yep. Um. They all. They oh, the introduction of the two hearts. This is where I first see that he has two hearts. Yeah. Yep. You find out he has two hearts and that he's clearly alien. And he escapes by way of wheelchair, and he almost <laughs> has his mouth taped up. So there's a whole like chase scene of him running, <laughs> running, rolling as fast as he can uh-huh. while they and he gets shot too. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was like a good cliffhanger. The doctor literally gets shot. Um, but there was oh, there's also another thing, and I know I'm jumping around and <laughs> saying dumb things. But in episode three, for no reason, there's a barking dog. And dog is in quotes because it's a guy, I think, making a dog barking sound. It's like the the old uh, codger who lives in the woods, like yeah. his wife. Would, would, I don't remember her name. Yeah. She's, like, trying to go in. And I think at that point she has possession of that meteorite. Yeah. And you just hear, like, a dog barking inside. But it sounds just – got to listen to it again. And woof, I'll, pu- I'll put it on this episode. Okay. It sounds totally like the – rough, 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 rough. And it's like you didn't really need the There's dog there, but they're just having fun. Oh, uh, man. Such a good episode. So <clears throat> the other thing that was just kind of crazy weird to me is at the end, so everything kind of wraps up. They destroy all the autons. They all melt into horrible plastic. And uh, it's at the very end. It's, it's left with Stuart, the doctor, and Liz sitting in the lab. And the doctor's kind of dictating terms. He's going to stay and work with the unit as long as the unit gives him a lab to work in, um, materials so he can try to fix the TARDIS, and a, right. co- and a cool car. Um, but they're standing around there, 
And what are they doing? The most British thing in the world. They're all drinking tea. After yeah. all of them almost nearly dying, they're all, even Stuart is, they're all just drinking tea. Yeah. Just, and I also, chatting. speaking of British, I, I love that everybody calls each other mom or dad. Oh, but yeah. it's not creepy. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> like, if I do that, if I start calling people dad that aren't my dad, I'm the weirdo. You know? But here it's totally, totally fine. Normal. It's fine. Although there is a difference if you call somebody dad versus daddy. Like, that's also a whole lot. You start calling people daddy. There's different levels of creepy. Totally. Oh, a couple other things. So talking about that scene. Mm -hmm. So, like, the very end of this really sets up this doctor, Pertwee. So there's no TARDIS. You don't even go in the TARDIS. Oh, by the way, the TARDIS is also different. Did you notice the the sign on the front? it's a different design. Well, also, the the sign itself, they switched the lettering. It was blue with white text instead of white background with black text. And and I'm wondering, like, within that previous episode, does... Does it get destroyed or remodeled in some way? Because, like, you can look it up and you can see the different doctors and when they change the TARDIS. Yeah. So it's gone through a lot of changes. And, and I'm used to the interior them, right? change. And the interior always changes with each yep. doctor, at least in the current show. But I, the outside never really... Yeah, the exterior does, too. Okay. Uh, and there's, like, four or five. And I... I, I we don't have anywhere to post the gifts, but I can. Like our logo, I we use have a square we have a, Tardis. We have a, a website, uh, the Doctor Who Show Yes, the old we'll, Doctor Who Show. We'll you can look there. at our logo, but 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 either way, you don't even go in. The, so the Tardis yeah. is completely, you know, yeah. made useless. I mean, he tries to use it; it can't work. The dematerializer or something, as yeah. you said, he doesn't have the code for the dematerialization. So you find out this Doctor is stuck on Earth; he's not leaving anywhere. Yep. He's much more like an action star. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the cool car and he's, you know, sort of more of like James Bond type yeah. dude than and, he than he has been previously. Yeah, a slightly paunchy late 50s James Bond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Liberace demands hair. That, yeah, he demands that, you know, Liz is going to be his companion and yeah. he asks for her and, and they're going to work well, with him. Well, actually, and, and like, he demands Liz. He, she has no say. Right, yeah. She's just like there. She's like, okay, I guess, I guess so. so. <laughs> um, in that sense, yeah, I guess it's it's a little strange. But are you uh, like, how do you feel about that? Because it's like, mm. it's no longer a time and space traveling guy. It's it's much more like monster of the week. Yeah, like the, here he is going to solve whatever these problems are. Yeah, I mean, for me, my favorite Doctor Who episodes are either future or technology ones. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or even the horror ones. I like those, too. I n- never really like the historical setting ones, like, really at all. Um, so I don't know how I feel when, about one that's going to be completely, for them, present day, the whole way through with just, you know, Monster of the Week sort of stuff. I, it, it's interesting. Do they do it for his, for Pertwee's entire run or just for season seven? For I know for a lot of them they do. I'm trying to think, like, let me... um. Because I haven't seen all Pertwee's, Pertwee's one. I think for the most part, he is stuck on Earth. Like Carnival of Monsters, though, he does, I think, eventually Good. fix it at some point. Um, yeah. But I think at least for this season, well, we'll he, see. Is, he is stuck on Earth. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. No, we're, we're doing this podcast, all of so we have a reason to watch these episodes. So I can't say but, uh, one way or the other. The next, one, next episode we're going to be watching and reviewing is the subsequent episodes of this. So maybe I'll have a better sense of, is this something I would like if I was watching it in uh, in real time with the when it was airing? Yeah, and you better like the Autons, too, because we, we do terror the Autons after <sighs> the next one. So okay. we go right back to yeah. <laughs> Autons again. Um. I had another thing for you. Oh, in general, what do oh, you I think? Oh, I like him a lot. I think he's really—he's a funny actor. I think what yeah. helps too is, like you said, the 
the film style is different. It feels less like like first first Doctor that whole era felt very much like a stage show um, that just happened to be filmed. Uh, that kind of transitioned a bit mm-hmm. uh, with the second Doctor, and now this feels less like a stage and more like a film. It looks more like a movie. Um, so it has that kind of pacing, editing, and just overall aesthetic, which I really like a lot. Um, he plays into that really well. He just has this kind of like sort of you know actiony sort of um, feel. Um, definitely really good comic timing, which I think is super important in all the doctors. Um, yes. So yeah, I think I think he's great so far. He's great. Like I I had mentioned on our very first episode, like Tom Baker was how I got into Doctor Who when I was younger, yep. but that was all I'd ever seen. Like, I'd never seen anyone else. Yep. The only experience I had was was Tom Baker. So when the show started again, you know, I started to go back and watch some of the old Tom Baker ones, and I tried new ones. And when I watched, this was the first non-Tom Baker one I saw, mm-hmm. and I just loved him, and I ended up going out and buying, you know, Terror of the Autons and uh, The Green Death. And, like, so yeah. I immediately took to him. I, I think he's... I think he's a great doctor. Yeah, I, I think so too. But we'll um, see as like we watch more of them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm interested to see. Oh, and if you're following along with us, you know, I mentioned to Dan, you have to like really pack a lunch for the next one because it's long. Uh, the next one we're doing, the Solarians or Doctor Who and the Solarians, is what I say it was seven episodes. I think he said it was seven episodes. Yeah, so it's going to be a long, uh, a long haul. Doctor Who and the Solarians. It's going to be fun. And I know I, I, that this one is also supposed to be pretty good, the Solarians. Yeah. This well, is their first appearance, I'm th- I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to hit some of the highlights first before we go back and do some of the kind of fill in the gaps. And this is definitely a highly rated or highly regarded one. So Yeah, so we're, we're scheduled for that one for April 12th. So if you are going to watch it with us, then what are you doing? You better start watching it now. It's a long-ass long one. you got to get in there. Yeah, creeps. All right. Well, you what got, did you think? You what, what's, your, what's your overall your overall feeling? Oh, I, I love it. Of this I episode. Like, yeah, I mean, the ending with the octopus uh, is a little terrible. It's actually super bad. He's, and there are lots of terrible things like that with Pertwee episodes. Yeah. Like, there's one, I believe, where he's attacked by a phone cord. Um, oh, I've seen get, that. Yes, I've seen yeah. I don't know why I've seen that, but I've seen that. Yep. So that sort of, like, takes... I don't know. It's fine. I mean, it, it, it's it's a little goofy for an episode that I is super strong. So, like, you know, that part I felt like was a little off. Right. Um, I mean, I, I like the campiness of Doctor Who. I think that's one of the, the charms of it that you have to either you either love it or you don't. And you have to be on board right. with it or you're just going to hate it. But because the rest of the episode was so different and so strong, it stood out horribly. Yes, that does. he's he's clearly holding this thing onto his face and it's attack. It's yeah, it was pretty. Horrible. And the pacing too, I think, in the last episode <clears throat> feels like within the last ten minutes, all of a sudden they a wrap lot everything. Like everything just yep. totally ends. Yeah. Um, but again, overall, I think it's it's such a great balance of humor mm-hmm. and uh, horror too, and it just it works really well. Yeah, great. So I give this a big thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, you know, why have you listened to a podcast? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's kind of weird. That's probably where I would look for your first problem. Solve that one and then worry about Dr. I mean, unless you really, really just like listening to us, which I I get. I mean, I get that. But (laughs) Uh, All right. So I think that's it, right? Do you have anything else for Spearhead from Space? Nope. Great episode. Glad everyone watched it with us. All right, friends. Uh, As I said, 412, uh, Solarians. 
go to uh, iTunes or you go to the old Doctor Who show.com and subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Review it if you feel like it. There's no pressure here. Um, but come on. What else you got to do? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at E. Grissom. You can find me on Twitter at DanJNJ. Uh, drop by the website and... Uh... And you can find pictures of yourself sleeping in my secret box <laughs> in my house. <laughs> it's not secret anymore. Shoot. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, anyway. All right. All right. Good, good stuff. However, a great three weeks, everyone. We'll see you on the 12th of April. Goodbye. Bye. I love these guys. Uh, Girls. All of them. They're great. Oh, be quiet,